a catalog of how are you doings. There's the ones you get from cashiers, acquaintance co-workers, the husbands of your wife's childhood friends. They say it like tearing the last yellow page from a pack of construction paper, not your first choice. The ink runs. You know, whatever you do with it, it's bound for forgetting's garbage bin. Then there are the ones with man tacked onto the end. The old friends reaching through telephone wires to garland your shoulders with cigarette breaths. And something about them feels like ship horns sounded in the harbor, the brightest pennies in a wishing fountain. How your hands first landed on the small of a girl's back. There's the ones at aunt and uncle funerals plopped like spoonfuls of mac and cheese on a paper plate. Ones like a flock of geese taking flight after you bump into your ex. Your mother dies and people place their black origami in your palm. Your father dies and people drape them like coats across your back. Once or twice you find one whispered like an envelope slipped under your door, except this one falls from your bathroom mirror. You're naked, soaking. Haven't you been practicing for this your whole life? Say fine. Say great. You have nowhere else to be. Say, how about you? That was Todd Dillard reading from our November-December issue. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Scanlon, and this is the American Poetry Review Podcast. I'm here with Stephen Kleinman and Hannah Gelman. I'm so delighted to be back here. Wait, did I say that wrong? No, I didn't. I was like, I was like, Stephen looked up at me like, what? I made eyes. <laughs> and I was like, did I I am also name? so excited to be here. Well, thank you. Stevan Kleinman. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. His, his alter ego, <laughs> right. Stefan Kleinman. <laughs> yeah. So I guess part of my holiday routine is returning to writing in a way that the fall wouldn't allow. Uh-huh. And um, I wonder if that's true for either of you. Um, how is... Uh, how is how is your reading and writing lives going these days? Mine has been very thin uh, for the past month or so, but I do actually share um, the feeling that it comes back sort of cyclically. And for me, there's always this, I love the dead zone between like Christmas and New Year's. Like I love mm-hmm. that little week where it's like kind of understood that like not much of anything is going on, at least in my life. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to a lot of reading and writing then. Yeah, I feel like this time of year is I really ramp up reading this time of year right. and I always have. I um especially the last few years I've been I've like had this the holiday time and then that dead zone and then I've gone on a big trip like yeah. immediately afterwards. So last year I was in Mexico. This year I'm going to Morocco for 2 weeks and yeah. like the, <laughs> and like um mostly travel for me is like sit somewhere and read (laughs) honestly that's like eat and then sit and read so um i'm looking forward to like having that time off to like be somewhere else and Mm. um i'm always like i'm gonna write but i never do i just read and then i come back and i and i write but while i'm there i don't really i don't know but I like, I like to, you know, have the plane. You read on the plane. You yeah. sit on the terrace and you read and you sit in the park and you read and whatever. So um, 
but I got to be strategic about what I need some slim volumes. <laughs> just make right. Go with. right. Packing light is important. You're not like, you I'm not a Kindle girl. I know <laughs> you read my mind. You could see it in my eyes. I was going to, I ask. can't do it. <laughs> That's just me. No, I hear you. I, I have one, but like I come in and out of using it. Like I find it, I find it not very satisfying at all to read uh, poetry on it. Though shameful of me to say so, uh, just because oh. it's like my the way that I interact with a book of poems, it it feels necessary to me to like be able to go mm-hmm. back and forth between pages with greater fluidity of motion than I feel on a Kindle. If I'm reading a novel, I can I sure. can I can manage a novel on a but, Kindle because it's pretty much all moving in one direction. Mm-hmm. Have they worked out? I haven't looked at poetry on a Kindle in some time, but have they worked out things like? lineation it's that better well. than it used to be but it's it still not terrible it used to be the worst i mean honestly um it, it's it's a hard it's it's a hard thing to program actually it's a harder thing than than one thinks to get that stuff right to continue to like have it um the page be adaptable um it's not yeah I, I, it's not perfect in my opinion but. well but part of why i raised that question um i had uh, brought this question last time, and maybe we can jump to that. Oh, I se- forgot. What is segment? It? <laughs> is is the um, what what is something? I'm not particularly a resolution fan, oh, right. you know, but I am a what was great and what do you hope for more of <laughs> fan, <laughs> right? So, um, you and my what do I hope for more of really has to do with returning to reading in a real way, mm. um. Shout out to all of the parents of very young ones. Yes. Uh, my attention has been shot. Yes. You know, for I, I can stand. Your brain to, is different now. Yeah, it's destroyed. <laughs> it's utterly. not destroyed. It's I not. will have to say it's not destroyed. It is a temporary. Requires a little repair, we'll say. <laughs> uh, well, I would also say that, in my opinion, it, you are forever changed, but you do improve. Like I think that like right now you're in the breakdown period and then there'll be the rebuilding. And and, and (laughs) so beautiful. I also want to say that there are people who have done this way better than me. You know, like there are people who who didn't go down for the uh, count quite as much as I did as far as reading is concerned. But I think also for academics, those of us who, Mm. who spent the fall kind of, and, and, you know, here at the journal, how many Hanukman submissions did you read in the last month or so? Like for all of the, literary work that all of us do on an academic calendar this offers the opportunity and for me hope of of sitting down and reading a paper novel yes absolutely uh, front to back um which is something i haven't done in years i have a recommendation for you oh i can't wait i mean i'm sure you have your own stack no i don't i'm i'm really yeah i bought a bunch of books that friends have written that i don't want to read (laughs) i'm gonna give to my uh father-in-law but uh what do you have uh the most recent novel that i just read was death valley by melissa broder loved it i'm on it loved it. i read milk fed but i haven't read any of her other books and i really should because i loved milk fed Um, i'm a huge fan yeah um, I've read all of her books, um, and uh, but Death Valley is the newest one, and it's yeah. just like, um, I th- I mean, I recommend it to everyone, but I do think that both of you will especially love it, because to my way of thinking, she's a, uh, a novelist who is working within the poetic medium. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, she also is a poet and essayist and everything as well, but um, she does some things. I don't, no spoilers, I can't give you spoilers, but she does some things in this book that is... Um, you know, about grieving that touches upon grieving, um, but that 
is is um you're saying there's death and there's death and valley and valley and valley uh (laughs) uh no but she goes to a kind of um this word is overused but i'll say it anyway it's sort of a psychedelic place that is so satisfying to me because she takes big risks in where we are willing to follow her as a reader uh, in the kind of first person narration of a character. Right. Um, And I just enjoyed it so much. And I think you would too. Oh, great. That that's an interesting question too. What, what are the other, I I immediately thought of uh, we, the animals, the Justin Mm -hmm. Torres book, but what are the other novels that strike you as, as, um, as, as particularly poetic. And of course, blackouts is something that I'm looking forward to either reading or listening to an audiobook. Right. Maybe that's, maybe that's too much of a, no, it's a great tangent. question. I actually, I, I'm realizing that I have uh, one of my, I'm a terrible, I'm a, I, I'm a disorganized mess when it comes to keeping notes, but I have one of my notebooks here in which I keep scrawled notes of everything I've read that year Whoa. because wow. because otherwise I just don't remember. I don't remember the titles of everything. So now I'm just looking at that. I'm looking, I'm looking, talk amongst yourselves. I know. I know I'm like trying to figure out what I've read too. I have no idea. Um, I do have another recommendation for you that just came back to me after I was looking at my list. Um, have you seen... Bliss Montage by Ling Ma. Oh, so good. It's a collection of short stories. Um, But it is kind of, actually, I think it's debatable whether it's linked or not. But a collection of short stories. Ling Ma also wrote Severance. I'm reading it right now. You're reading Severance? I I just started it on the plane. (laughs) Yes. Not this plane. The first plane, but Um, still. But Bliss Montage uh, has a darkness that I find appealing and... And again, like a real, a really brave approach to um, how far away from ordinary experience can we get and still um, and still be sort of legible as as a human life, you know, Um, loved it, really loved it. I am interested in the other side of the question. Oh, yeah. What do we want less of? Well, <laughs> I love that that's where your mind went. No, what was something that was really great? What was like, like, I, I, I have to tell you that I did the, the most amazing thing this year, which, which was, we went on this terrible vacation, uh, which, um, just because there wasn't that much to do where we went, but we drove two and a half hours to an old friend's restaurant in Charlottesville, South Carolina and sat down it's called Vern's okay and this is a this is a, a non-paid Vern's shout out people have to go to this restaurant <laughs> sat down and said um just bring us whatever and um that was so amazing and and it felt like ingesting a book it felt like you know um experiencing someone's life you know so it 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 feels like it fits into this conversation for me that like i won't forget that Mm. um what text this year uh as i try and find others so i'm interested to hear if there are experiences that you had that felt revelatory in in some way in 2023 i mean i had a similar like meal experience at the top of the year in Mexico, not to be this person who's like, no, that's somewhere. Not, what did you I, eat? I want to know. Um, I went to this restaurant where there's like no menu and you just sit down and they bring you food until you tell them to stop bringing you food. Is um, that called heaven? 
Yeah. <laughs> did you go to heaven? I did. Yeah. No, it's, it was called, um, it's in Mexico City in Roma. It's called um, Expendio de Maíz Sin Nombre. So merely has no name. It's just like an ode to corn. That's basically beautiful. The, so everything is. Now you, know, you need to write an ode to corn. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, that's that's <laughs> I'm cor- in my corny of me bag. to say. But. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. And also what the thing that I loved most about this experience was that they, because I was traveling alone. So like they set you at a, at a communal table, mm. um, which I want more of. I, I really like it. Um, That's so nice. I really communal like, table. you know, being able to eat and talk to other people, a lot of whom are also traveling. Um, but even in Philadelphia, like yeah, it's hard to find in yeah. my regular life, like spaces like that to like meet people who are at least interested in coming to this restaurant that you are also interested in being at and Mm -hmm. eating, you know, odes to corn. So, um, um, I don't know. I met, I met a couple who they, one was American and one was, um, Oh my God, they live in Kurdistan and in Iraq. So he's Kurdish and they live in Iraq and they were traveling in Mexico. Um, and I met another person who like was, a couple from Venice who like have a restaurant there and they're like, come, we'll treat you in Venice. You know, it just like Aww. probably won't materialize, but it's I like know, nice to meet. It does feel people. good in your heart. Yeah. To, like, yeah. Have those kind of interactions. Yeah. And yeah. I would like, I don't know. I like that feeling of like meeting people even yeah. fleetingly. That's part of the reason I love to like go and solo travel and do that sort of thing so much. And I wish there was like more, more of that in my regular life that wasn't just like I'm at a bar and talking to the people at the bar you know I wish there was like more third spaces like that the third place so important it's true it's true that was um that was Elizabeth's like first idea that we had when we started talking about the podcast was the third place. That's so funny. I have to go back and listen to that. I don't know that it made it into any conversations. It was, (laughs) it was heavy in the notes section. Director's cut. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. We have been, we have been making these podcasts for a minute and I, I, right. As you said, third place, I was like, did we talk about that before? (laughs) Um, But we were also uh, talking about, uh, you know, bringing it back to our, to our poems. Poems. Um, uh, Talking about, what what did you say, Stephen? You said short kings. I said short kings and queens. And queens and thems. Um, thems. You know, it's funny. I don't hear people use the term short queen. I guess short king is kind of gendered because the expectation is for men to be tall. I don't know. But I think it works, you know, all the way around. But short poems. Short poems is the point that we were trying to get at. Um, yeah, just the, the certain satisfaction of the, of the short poem, as distinct also from the... I think that in this era, the short poem has sort of gotten a little bit of a bad rap because it's being conflated with the idea of like the Instagram mm-hmm. poem. Sure. Which is not at all the same thing, right? It, like wow. it's it's not about... <laughs> I never once thought of the Instagram... I, ne- I never once think of the Instagram poem. Thankfully... That is lucky for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, also I think the era of that is waning. I yeah. think that uh-huh. like there is a kind of turning away from the like the weirdly hallmark card yes like the mm-hmm. epigrammatic kind right. of like um i don't know what even to say about just empty yeah, little, em- little shallow yeah, and decorative empty. i guess yeah. decorative mm-hmm. is the thing like that for a, for a minute there 
uh, there were these, you know, two or three line poems that you would see on Instagram that were almost entirely just decorative, right? That they were made to be stitched on a pillow. Right. <laughs> well, it's like a, a right. tweet. Like yes, a tweet yeah. is poem, needlepoint. Oh, yeah. Right. But what we're talking about is something completely different, which is that, um, you know, the, the short poem that is to my way of thinking, a form unto itself, even though it might not be syllabically or metrically um, uh, specific. But for example, in the front of my mind is always like Kay Ryan was a master of the short poem, as was Jean Valentine Mm -hmm. and many, many others. Who who did you have in mind, Stephen? Well, I feel like I brought two that were basically sonnet length okay. um which which is was from Etheridge Knight and oh, Gerald God. Stern so good yeah um but 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 it's interesting i feel like for a short poem really puts a lot of pressure on the idea of mm-hmm. a poem which yes. of course that means that this morning i was thinking what is a poem to which i <laughs> came to no damn answer day. what is a poem yeah um but yeah i i I found myself drawn to these two sonnet-length poems. Fantastic. Can you give us one? Feeling Fucked Up by Etheridge Knight. Lord, she's gone, done, left me, done, packed up and split, and I with no way to make her come back, and everywhere the world is bare. Bright bone, white crystal sand glistens. Dope death, dead, dying and jiving, drove her away, made her take her laughter and her smiles and her softness and her midnight sighs. Fuck Coltrane and music and clouds drifting in the sky. Fuck the sea and trees and the sky and birds and alligators and all the animals that roam the earth. Fuck Marx and Mao. Fuck Fidel and Nkrumah and democracy and communism. Fuck smack and pot and red pipe tomatoes. Fuck Joseph. Fuck Mary. Fuck God, Jesus, and all the disciples. Fuck fuck Fannin Nixon and Malcolm, fuck the revolution, fuck freedom, fuck the whole motherfucking thing. All I want now is my woman back so my soul can sing. <sighs> Goodness gracious. That is, I mean, I really do think of that poem so often in its, like the, the just the vividness of that sonic experience, right? Like the sounds of that poem and the, and the, uh, the way that it shapes your mouth, I yeah. think, is so good. Hey, and and it just hits that spot where you don't have any time to waste. Yeah, right. You're just oh, it's you're just going tight. the whole time. Yeah, yeah. it's completely tight. Um, uh, I would offer yeah, a, K. A, Ryan. Yeah, a counterpoint. Please. A counterpoint. Um, uh, in this kind of symphony, right? Uh, I can find a page here. Oh, here. This is a teeny tiny poem. A teeny tiny poem um, from Kay Ryan from her book Erratic Facts. Uh, Her poem called Eggs. We turn out as tippy as eggs. Legs are an illusion. We are held as in a carton if someone loves us. It's a pity only loss proves this. Teeny tiny. Teeny tiny. And yet, like, um, in 
sort of in conversation with feeling fucked up. I mean, like yeah. has like a, um, you know, certainly a, a tenderer, softer voice, but is still doing something about like the, like the depth of loss and, and is doing something about compression, you know, about like how it's all just like in this, this small package as sometimes we want to stuff very big feelings into the smallest possible package. <laughs> um, which I'm laughing while saying, but also really feeling. I don't think I'm going out on a limb here to say I love Kay Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Such a treasure. Absolutely. Um, and such uh, a courageous poet. Right. Like, mm-hmm. You know, just really steadfast in, yeah. in, her own, uh, in her own aesthetic and in her precision. Yeah. You know? Um, I'm, I'm really interested in the way in both of those poems, like they're pretty, I don't know, sonically driven, even, mm -hmm. even in their like tightness. Yes. Um, yeah. I wonder, I'm just wondering off the cuff about like that, about like short poem and how sound can like get you to the truth faster than maybe your own sort of like extemporaneation or whatever, you know? I, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I mean, I, I do think that there is in, in these poems and certainly in the process of, of writing, um, whether it's a poem or, or a song lyric or whatever, that sometimes the focus on the sound as opposed to what you think the narrative is mm -hmm. does reveal something completely new that maybe you weren't able to just say directly. Sure. And so it maybe you know? skips the steps of right. exposition and like whatever right. else. These are seven lines that if I just went with like right. what the words are, right. maybe I would get to it. Mm -hmm. quicker and yeah and punchier and right all that. right or even I mean the thing is is that I think sometimes I mean we don't know in the case of these particular poems but it's like uh sometimes that's sure the, sometimes that's the work of editing yeah. of like writing and then pulling back but sometimes I do think that like there is a uh like a hard kernel that like that that offers itself up, you know, and that, and that it's, it takes real sort of uh, strength of vision to not overdo, to yeah. like, let it be small, to let it be uh, a tight little um, statement, experience, what have you. I would, as we were thinking about this, um, I also just brought one more because uh, sometimes as the fates have it, a thing arrives in the mail on the day and you're like, Oh God, that's exactly what I was thinking about. And um, Jean Valentine, uh, being a poet who also wrote some brilliant short poems, poems of all kinds, but um, uh, there's this new and collected poems of Jean Valentine that is about to come out in the spring from Alice James Books. It's called Light Me Down. Um, and I'm just, I, I'm so thrilled to have an advanced copy of it because I'm, I'm just really excited about Jean Valentine's work. Uh, all days, in all ways. I have admired her for so long. Um, but just to dip in and to give an example of like one of, this actually I think one of her better known poems called uh, Door in the Mountain. Never ran this hard through the valley. Never ate so many stars. I was carrying a dead deer tied onto my neck and shoulders. 
deer legs hanging in front of me, heavy on my chest. People are not wanting to let me in. Door in the mountain, let me in. And may- maybe I was so excited to hear Jean Valentine, um, a Jean Valentine poem, because as I said, I, whether or not this is true, uh, that she's not read uh, she's not read enough. Yeah. Can't be. Can't be. Not possible. <laughs> but what I, what, what I loved about th- that poem um, is that the, what allows it to be short is that the turns happen without uh, explaining them. Right. right. There's no explanation. Right. Exactly. Like We're just going to move yes. directions. Boom, boom, boom. Right. And it exists in this kind of dream mm-hmm. logic, this dream world where like, you know, in, in recalling a dream, there's often the kind of jump cut effect of like this happened and then that happened. But I really admire her, um, her way of like preserving yeah. that like kind of dream world. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not easy to do. It kind of goes. There's a tenacity to that yeah. for sure. Like a. Right. Stick to itiveness. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, I think, I mean, I'm an anxious person, but I think a lot of people <laughs> have this, have this uh, defensive thing where it's like where we want to explain more, like we, right. we feel obligated to make things make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and her, like the, the point of art in, in that poem, certainly, and in many of her poems is the refusal to explain, which is so much more exciting, I think, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I'm going to make a... a um, I'm going to step out on a limb here with this statement. I think it's more revolutionary to not explain yourself. Mm. Um, that the truth is the truth. Mm-hmm. You're going to take it or you're not as a writer. <laughs> this is my, this is my future wish for is, yes. is for poems where people don't feel they have to explain themselves quite so much. Just, just to make the move, make yes. the move, put the knife in, take it out, let us die. Okay. Whoa. All and right. on that twenty twenty four die. <laughs> Make it a t shirt. <laughs> I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut the lettuce die, but I think I think uh, That's what he said. I know. <laughs> this is Maya C. Popa reading from our November December issue. I only love you more because the world is ending for Brenda Shaughnessy. The news isn't good, and neither of us feels like pretending the list of what we hope for grows longer by the day. More news, good or otherwise, everything witnessed by the light of fires and something we cherished always burned away. So let me say this first, Brenda, I love you. You make the world more beautiful. How could I not love you for that? There are people I die for, only they are not my children. What I really mean is there are people I live for, and if they died, I'd feel for a time, out of time with time. But I know, as you do, that endings are upon us while love goes on starting over and over. What this means lately is that each time I watch a fly that thought it wanted to be inside, try with the whole measure of itself to get back out. When the concussive sound gets to be too much, I open every window in the house. If not for me, if not for my life, then for those people, I keep finding my way deeper into life by loving. If not for me, then for you and your children, Brenda. 
but you ask if all of this pain hinders our capacity to feel. And of course we have to ask ourselves because it's wise to put words to what drives us, to say thirst when the throat tugs the shirt tails of the mind and grief when it leadens its surface. If I'm going to lose, I can see that I am now. Let me at last be what I was made to be and say, my only gift was that I was never afraid to love and love I've never been more afraid. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Please follow the American Poetry Review on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and threads. Please also visit us if you're coming to the AWP conference in Kansas City. We'll be in the book fair. 